0: Good morning, everybody. We are actually, uh, we, we're being told we got to start. Uh, so even though it's not 11, but we actually are going to get started. So because uh, that's what they told us to do. But I'm going to pray and then uh, then we'll jump in. So Father, thank you for this morning and thank you for just the life that we have. And God, I'm a man. RJ's lesson was awesome, right? Amen. Uh, and I'm fired up and just thinking about the kingdom and, and thinking about this opportunity to know more and to and, and then honestly to do something with it. father god thank you for this uh opportunity i get to speak with Aaron and kennedy and god it's just crazy i literally like before kennedy was born like i knew her parents and just just to see uh, how god has blessed her and and how god is working in the campus ministry and using her and then knowing uh just really the the life Aaron was a part of and just to see his growth and just to see what God is doing what you're doing it's just an amazing thing father so uh thank you for this morning and thank you for Jesus we pray this in your son's name amen all right all right so are we standing yeah yeah cool sounds good all right so this is gonna be awkward we're gonna have to share a mic so all right so guys, this morning uh, this, or this weekend, honestly, we're talking about the vine and we're talking about the fruit and we're talking about how God can do some amazing things really when we, when we give glory and honor to him and we, we do awesome things. And so the title of this actual class is called Follow Your Leader. And uh, the cool thing about that is we have examples and in and, and all of our churches, we have, all, we have awesome leaders, people who honestly... You know, I I know a lot of times, uh, it's, it's a heavy load and it's a lot of work that goes into it, but honestly, there's a lot of sacrifice and just having awesome leaders who, who want to learn and who want to grow, uh, it, it lightens the load and it allows some awesome things to happen in our ministries. And I know that, uh, I'm excited to be able to kind of talk with these guys this morning and, and that's kind of what we're doing. We're going to kind of interview Aaron and Kennedy and talk to them a little bit about kind of what they're doing and how, and how God has been able to use them tremendously. So, uh, with that, Aaron and Kennedy are, for those that don't know, they are actually newly married. I think they've been married for probably five or six, seven months, nine, nine, yeah. something like that. <laughs> yeah. uh, like I know feels like longer, right? But um, a little bit of background about Aaron and Kennedy is they, they are younger leaders from what I understand. I'm not in the campus ministry. I don't know hundred percent, but they're newer to the, to the leadership in the campus ministry and they've had some fruit and they've had some really cool things happen and, uh, it's not because they're so awesome, which I think they're pretty awesome, uh, but it's really honestly because they've been very humble. They've allowed God to use them. They've, they've listened. They've been, they've been humble <laughs> in some things, and, and God has been able to have fruit come from that, and I'm really excited that uh, they get to share that this morning. So I don't know. Can you guys kind of maybe just talk a little bit about kind of that whole mindset around like why listening is important and, and just why being humble in your new leadership has been able to ha- allow you to be effective? Yeah. this is so awkward but to do it. Um, yeah so
1: for you guys who don't know me I'm, I'm Aaron and this is my wife Kennedy um, and yeah leadership for us is has been relatively uh, new it's, we've only been in leadership for about year two. Year, two, year two so two years now but it still feels uh, every day is a new experience and uh, there's new things to learn and guidance that has to be sought out uh, if you know we're going to be effective leaders, and it's been it's been difficult and it's been challenging, but it's been so rewarding too. Just being able to um, share the experiences and share the wisdom that I've been able to learn from the leaders uh, above, uh, above before me, and just being able to share in that love and um, those relationships uh, has been honestly the coolest thing. Uh, and being able to you know help um, those in, you know, my guys, my small group, um, and just, you know, I know Kennedy for the girls, just find that, you know, that love and, you know, growing that love for God um, has been just honestly the coolest thing for me. Um, but yeah, it's been a very humbling experience and we're, you know,
0: we're learning, we're growing every day.
2: Hi. Um...
0: I feel like this is like the TikTok <laughs> they have the little microphones on TikTok. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it is like that. Yeah, and for those of you guys who don't know me, I um, naturally am not a very humble person. Uh, I would say I naturally have a spirit of pride. Um, So I think this has been an experience which has, um, like Aaron said, been very humbling, and I've had to choose to be humble in a lot of new and different ways um, just to be able to um, be in a position to, um, lead the girls that are in our group and be that, um, example for them in the first place, uh, starting there.
0: I'm going to let you guys keep it because I'm, I'm just, yeah. So, all right. So, and I'll just talk loud. So guys, obviously we know when you, when you are saved, the Bible talks about you being added to a family, right? And in most cases when, when you are born again, it's like a spiritual birth. You're a baby, right? And in most cases, obviously when a baby's a baby, a baby can't take care of itself. A baby has to grow. A baby has to develop. A baby has to be able to get the development that it needs. And so in really, in reality, when it comes to a spiritual walk, even though we're all sometimes, whether it be high school or college or whatever, we still need that guidership, guidance. You know, We still need someone to help us to develop into who we, who we need to be. And so uh, when you start that relationship within Christ... I know a lot of our churches, you know, and I don't know all the structures, but whether it's like you have a small group or you have just your, your ministry leaders or whatever. Those people are in our lives and in your life for a reason. They're there to support you. They're there to help you and they're there to help you walk so that you can have a, a successful journey in your relationship with God. So with that, looking over the last, you know, why you've been in leadership, how have the who have, who have been your spiritual leaders and how have they impacted you? <clears throat> uh, yeah, so
1: I can think of a lot of people who have impacted me and have, you know, led me spiritually, but there's definitely a few people who stand out to me uh, the most. Um, I think of my brother-in-law, uh, Chris Gorse. Um, you know, he recognized the, the sins and the struggles that I had, um, which is also is pride and, and arrogance, um, and sloth at times and he really just was the gave me the tough love that I needed um, and looking back you know he, he wasn't ever afraid of of challenging me on this end of my life um, but also showing me that love um, and that grace but I know if I didn't have a leader like him at the time you know I don't think I'd be where I am today because you know, like I said I was so arrogant and I just thought the world of myself um, and he really did uh, just lead by example in that, you know, uh, coming from a place of pride in himself, you know, years before. And was just able to kind of guide me through and, and just show me that, you know, the world doesn't <clears throat> you know, revolve around me. But, you know, and there's a bigger, a bigger purpose. And, you know, um, and I think of, I think of Chris. And then I also think of, <coughs> excuse me, my sister, uh, Courtney, Goris. And I know for a fact, you know, if it wasn't for Courtney, I, I definitely wouldn't be standing here today. Um, you know, me and, me and Courtney weren't um, always super close when we were younger. Um, at times we were, but then, you know, we had a pretty big uh, age gap between us. So for some years there, we kind of uh, weren't as close. And, you know, I started going off and doing uh, my own thing and really got involved in a lot of sin. Um, and just was living my life however I wanted to live it. And, you know, at the same time, Courtney, um, excuse me, Courtney had found, you know, the Crossings Church and had started her own journey and her relationship with Christ. It was just so cool. Like, I was getting emotional earlier this morning just thinking about about this. I remember the second that she found that relationship in Christ. Just the love that she found and, She immediately was trying to give that, you know, to me. Amen. And, you know, I remember it wasn't always met, you know, with, you know, openly by me. And, you know, I just remember her fighting so hard for me. Uh, I came around, you know, for a little while, years and years ago, and then then I walked away. But, you know, Courtney was always there, you know, for me, always. You know, reaching out to me, and telling me that you know there's a you know family who who loves me, and and that there's a life better than I was living, and she really showed me the just the power of of love and and that love in Christ, and you know I looked to her and you know I knew where she came from, and just seeing the woman that she is now is it's absolutely crazy. Just her example in that love, you know, for others um, and love for love for Christ, and. <clears throat> Lastly, I think of uh, Carrie back there. (laughs) Carrie Cox is our campus minister. For you guys who don't know, and also, uh, unfortunately, my father-in-law. But no, Carrie is—he's an—he's an an amazing man. Uh, I've looked up to him for years. You know, even um, even before I really got to know him that well, Um, and I just always, you know, could look look in from a distance and just see the man that he is and just see the example that he is. And when I think of, you know, the, in my head, the best example for what a disciple is and what a, a disciple should look like, it's, it's Carrie. Um, and just being able to, you know, uh, get closer with him the last couple of years and just learn from him and be able to just seek out his wisdom and just, you know, see him wherever he goes. He has discipleship on the forefront of his mind. Has just probably been the greatest impact For me as a disciple and and knowing how to disciple other people.
2: Yeah, I think um, especially when you um, grow up in like a good church from a young age, there's literally like so many, so many examples. I feel like I could I could say. Um, I think that especially growing up in the campus ministry specifically, I got the opportunity to see a lot of like young women. um, I think of a lot of people, but Katie, Melissa, like those people stand out to me a lot. Um, (laughs) But um, as people who are faithful, and um, I think whenever, you're like a young girl, and you see that excitement in, um, being, in being a Christian, being a disciple, in um, cool college-age girls, um, that puts that excitement in you too. And um, seeing a lot of people come and go, and mm-hmm. seeing the ones that stick around uh, makes those people all the more impactful. And I look at their lives now, and I'm like, I would be happy for my life to look like that. And I think that um, because of, like, all of the examples I saw in college-age girls that were really living it out, I can't think of a single time where, in, like, middle school, high school, I was like, I can't wait till I can do my own thing and I don't have to do this. I always thought, I can't wait till I can be like them. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) And then... um, the other ones are my parents. Um, I think that, like Aaron was saying, like the best blueprint for how to how to lead a group, how to disciple people. I feel like I was given such good insights. Um, like I remember, I I feel like the biggest thing I learned from my family, my parents in particular, is just priorities. Um, I never have ever question what comes first. Um, it was never an option what came first, not in like a bad way, but in the best way. Um, I always knew um, that what they were gonna put first and I was kind of telling Aaron the other day, like, even when I didn't like what my parents were saying or I didn't agree personally, I always knew that it was from a place that they felt Got Like, they they knew that they were trying to do what God wanted them to do, and because of that, I had a sense of respect there for what they were saying, even when I didn't like it. Um, and then, also, I think the biggest thing I learned, too, is a sense of intentionality and purpose. Uh, like, like Aaron was saying, I feel like that is something especially um, I see a lot in my dad. And um, I was telling him, too, like, I remember like being in elementary school people were really mean or bullying me or something like that. I would be upset and it was all, it was never like, Oh, like you just need to ignore them or like you need to get back at them. Like that was never the response. It was always like, you've got to consider that these kids don't have what you have. They're living, they're living lives with parents who are ungodly and they're living lives and they're going to be, they're going to be lost people. And I feel like I, that has been, like, a continued pattern um, in my life that I now see um, that intentionality in in my everyday life because I was shown it. Um, like, going to, like, the same restaurants every, every week, same night of the week. Be like, it doesn't matter if you don't want it, this is where we're going. <laughs> Just to um, have the ability to, like... Reach out to waitresses there and people who work there. Mm-hmm. Just things like that. There were so many things, and I feel like I definitely was given like a good blueprint mm-hmm. to continue to base these things off of. Yeah,
0: that's really, really, really good stuff. Um, Hebrews thirteen seven says it says, "Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls, and they are accountable to God. Give them a reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow." That would certainly not be for your benefit. And, and with that, it's, it's interesting because you guys just gave really good examples and really good insight around how and why you've been able to have some awesome things happen in your life because you were able to listen and you had the opportunity to be humble and things like that. But we also know, in, in most cases, that sometimes that's not the easiest path. And sometimes it's a little bit, uh, you know, easier to kind of go the different direction. Maybe not listen. But uh, can you tell of a, a specific time or situation where, in you know, you basically did not heed that command that we just read in, in Hebrews 13, where maybe you kind of pushed back a little bit, and then what was the impact of that not listening? Uh, yeah, I can probably think of a few. Uh,
1: <laughs> early on, you know, I remember right when I got baptized, I thought, you know, like, this is, this is it. Like, I've... I've reached like the destination. And like looking back now, like how foolish I was, you know. Um, and I didn't really realize, you know, all, how, how much work I would have to put into those, uh, those sins in my life that had just been so natural to me. Um, like speaking of my selfishness and, and my laziness. And <clears throat> um, so early on, I actually was able to live with uh, my sister and, and Courtney and Chris. And, you know, out of the graciousness of their hearts, you know, I, I lived there for, for free. And just looking back at the, the gratitude that I had um, almost makes me almost makes me sick, you know. And, and just thinking about how I lived my life and how I lived around, you know, their house and how I treated uh, the, their things in their house. And, you know, they were very upfront with me about, you know, my sin and they would challenge me on my sin and my sloth and, you know, my selfishness, you know, and how I would, you know, basically Antoine can, you know, attest to this, how I would basically leave a trail, you know, behind me, you know, they would know like if I've been there because, you know, something was either messed up or dirty or, you know, I would do, you know, I would make my dinner or meal prep and, you know, the kitchen would be a complete mess and I would just, I would just leave it. Um, and, you know, like I said, looking back at the gratitude that I showed them or the little to no gratitude I showed them, you know, I know not only um, affected uh, them and, you know, and probably their, you know, their, their heart, you know, with that gratitude, even giving that to me so freely, but, you know, it also definitely um, affected me too and just uh, my walk with God and, and my complacency, uh, my passiveness, and I was just really in a really complacent point in my life because I would, <clears throat> I would hear what they had to say, you know, and I would hear their challenge, you know, but I would maybe make a change for, uh, you know, a day or two or a week. Um, and now I would kind of revert back to it, you know, and I would still want to just hold on to, you know, that selfishness and what, and what I wanted to do. And I think because of that, for <clears throat> a couple of years, I was really just complacent and wondering, like, why I wasn't growing, like, wondering why... <clears throat> You know, my fruit wasn't wasn't good fruit. You know, it was, it was bad fruit. Wondering why, you know, the people I was bringing around or the people I were discipling were, you know, making that decision, you know, and, and grasping, like, going after a relationship with God. And I think a lot of it comes back to my own example and that sin that I, I was uh, <clears throat> leading undealt with, you know. And, and I think back, you know, if I would have, you know, heeded that advice um, from my leaders, I think things would probably be a lot different and you know thankfully you know I since have but you know thinking back like if I would have done it sooner like who else could be here because of that. Oh
2: mm-hmm. uh, yeah for me I think that it's not um, can't my example isn't really like one specific time thing or uh, anything like that but I think um, something that has been a continual pattern for me is um feeling like i am trying really 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 hard i'm doing all i'm doing a b c d e f g whatever (laughs) and um then it's like but you're prideful and i'm like but i'm doing all this (laughs) like what about all these things i'm doing is is this like like why you got to be on my back about about being prideful like that and I'm glad um, that people, people were, but I definitely um, did not respond well for a, a long time and then still now continue to not respond well sometimes. Um, but just uh, the idea of, I, I never saw it as like, oh wow, like they think I'm doing good, they want me to be better. I was like, they think I'm doing horrible because like, they're getting on me about this one thing. Um, And then, like, looking at it now in the place I'm at, like, if I was going to one of my girls and saying, like, hey, it's just this one thing, and they were like, you think I suck, I'd be like, you're crazy, (laughs) but that's me now, (laughs) so, so. Um, I think I've grown, but definitely still something that's a
0: struggle. Yeah, Kennedy, it was so cool to hear you say that because I know I learned something. Uh, I can be a little, little prideful, a little insecure <laughs> for those that know me. But I, I heard something last year, and it's like been like my mantra. It's like there's the truth, and there's what you make it mean. And I like think about that so often, where I have these situations where it's like that's like not even that's not even close to the truth, and I've made it mean something that it didn't, and it's it's caused my life. A lot of struggle a lot of heartache and like people are like living their best life and I'm like struggling and insecure and I'm just like I gotta stop that you know that's not really that's not wise that's not something that comes from God and in Proverbs 1 5 it, it talks about wisdom and, and listening and opportunity it says let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance and I actually found this other uh, version in the English standard version it says it says let the wise hear and increase in learning and the one who understands obtains guidance. And so, this next couple questions—it's like a kind of a three-part question. But this past year, you're a small group, from what I understand. It's—it's uh, it's had some—it's had some really good wins. It's had some some maturity. Uh, you guys have grown in number. There's been some really cool blessings that happened. Uh, and I, I I know that that's as a result of you guys listening to your leaders and being humble and obeying. But what did you listen to? Is there anything specific that happened this last year that you that you listened to that helped to lead you to that growth? Was there like a specific piece of advice that you got, or something that very specifically uh, was pivotal in that change? Yeah, I think just something that I heard over and over again
1: from from Carrie is just the relational and uh, leading and the humility, um, and. You know, I remember last year, you know, me and my guys were, were talking about this, you know, last year sitting up in yep. up in that room, you know, I think the first discussion night and just, you know, with a brand new small group, you know, guys who I really wasn't close with uh, yet or really didn't know. And I just remember us talking and dreaming about, you know, the, the things that we could do, you know, in God's kingdom and, you know, just talking about how... If we were going to be who God is calling us to be, we need to be um, doing all that we can to be be close and be be able to push each other um, closer to God and hold each other accountable, and that starts with uh, deeper relationships. And I think that carries uh, through into discipling. Um, and I definitely seen that in in you know the fruit that that we've had is. I think it all comes back to that relational uh, disciple making and you know just when it comes to making disciples you know for so many years I just saw it completely wrong and I think over time and you know from the advice that I I saw it you know and and from speaking with some of my leaders and you know Carrie and, and Chris and I just learned that it all starts with relation and, you know, to make that person your best friend, to live life with that person, to really love that person and, you know, give that love that Christ has given me. I think just with that is that relational, you know, um, relational disciple making.
2: Uh, Yeah, I think for me, um, I think taking the advice about my, well, the challenge, about my pride really seriously, um, more seriously than I think I have in the past. Um, I am somebody who wants to look put together like I like I know what I'm doing, like, I, like I'm doing things correctly. So I think um, this year has been really different because I'm in multiple situations that I don't know how to handle and I don't have like the, um, I just don't know what I'm doing, pretty much. <laughs> like uh, being being newly married, having living with a child, trying to help you raise a child with the entire situation that is also happening simultaneously. There's just a lot going on that I have no idea how to handle. So I think I've had to really swallow a lot of pride and make a lot of phone calls and be like, I have no idea what I'm doing, or even just be like, This is really embarrassing. But I need not tell you about this, like over and over and over again. Um, so I think like it has been leading with, by example, kind of like, kind of like Aaron was saying, um, because I think, I would like to think, I mean, you guys can tell me if I'm (laughs) wrong, but I'd like to think that the girls see that, I mean, that they see that I'm seeking, seeking a lot of advice, that I'm reaching out, that I'm trying to, um, better myself in these ways. And then I think that on top of kind of what was saying about like this relational aspect, I do think that, like that's something that I've seen in the people before me and something that I've learned and something that I feel like has really aided in like our group's growth. So I think moving like that on, I, even when the girls are coming to me about stuff, I'm like, for the most part, I feel like I can answer a lot of their questions, but sometimes I'm like, I'm gonna have to talk to somebody else about this, even letting them see that I don't, I don't have all the answers to their questions. I'm not the source of where where they're going to find the help they they need. Like, I I need help. There's bigger things we're leaning on than just, like, ourselves.
0: Absolutely. So this next question, I'm going to – there's two questions. I'm going to kind of combine it. But how often would you say that you seek out that advice? Uh, And you guys talked a little bit about that. But the second part of that question is why is it important not only to just, like, do what you're told or, 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 or heed the advice that you get, but you have to seek it out. Why do you think it's important to not only just get advice, but then look for it and get it and seek after it? So,
1: so, uh, for the first part, I think, you know, seeking advice has not always been my, my strength, you know, being honest. I think it's something that I've grown in, but I think there are still times and in other areas of my life where I should you know, seek more advice. Um, I'd say, you know, with you know, this new uh, situation we're in with leading, you know, I, I do think it's something that I, I tr- seek advice often with, you know, making phone calls, you know, calling up Carrie, just asking, you know, hey, what would you do in this situation? Or, you know, what, <coughs> what biblical advice, like, can you give me for this? Because, honestly, we've, you know, I've, I've experienced... And I'm sure Kennedy has too, like a lot of just new situations that I've never experienced uh, before in this past year um, in in leadership and just a lot of curveballs that I think I realized like if I would just handle that on my own and just, you know, just think, okay, you know, I'll just do this. And I think I realized like I'm going to get myself, not even just myself, I'm going to be... Not doing my my people, my guys a benefit, you know. Because so many times in my life, I've tried to lean on my own understanding, and you know, I just fall flat every single time. Because, like Kennedy said, like I also I just struggle with that pride, just thinking I know. And I think, you know, when it comes to not only listening but seeking out guidance, I think for so long there, another reason I was so stagnant is because I would just wait for. My leaders to give me advice, or wait for them to see some sin of mine and, and call me out and challenge me on it, and you know I would just wait for that and say, okay, well, you know I listen and I'll and I'll apply it, you know maybe when I want to, you know when they when they give it to me, and I think it wasn't until I um, started seeking out that guidance for myself and taking responsibility for my own relationship with God that I really started to see growth, and I think that's you know for all of us, I think. I think a big part of, you know, being stagnant and that stagnant feeling and not, you know, uh, being, you know, passionate and, and, and growing in our relationships with God comes from a lack of seeking and a lack of uh, seeking out that guidance from leaders who honestly have, have been through what we're going through um, and have a lot of, you know, really great wisdom and experience and just, uh, you know, through God's word. And so, yeah.
2: Um, yeah. Like as far as how often I'm seeking out advice, I'm not exaggerating. I make multiple phone calls a day, probably too many phone calls. Um,
0: I like that she said phone calls. I'm old school. I'm like, I hate texting. I like to call people. Just talk to them. It's
2: too much to explain. Yeah. Right <laughs> sometimes. Um, but I think like, whether that be like, there's probably at least two phone calls a day—one for my personal life and one for the stuff going on in my group. I, but I do think like that's something that I've grown in exponentially, and uh, like over the past year. And I do think like I've seen the benefit of it—not um, just like leaning on what I know, but having a bigger perspective. Um, and then, as far as the importance of. Seeking out advice rather than just waiting for it to come to you. I agree with everything that Aaron was saying. But also, I think, like, uh, if if somebody doesn't know about something, they're not going to be able to give you advice about it. So there's plenty of things that, like, I could keep to myself and that nobody would ever have to know about outside of myself or me and Aaron or me and one of the girls or whatever. Um, unless I had told somebody about it to get advice about it. Like, it would, nobody would ever know about it. And I think, like, um, same thing, like, in in our groups, um, there's lots of times where unless the girls are coming to me about something, I may never even know that thing happened or exists. Yeah. So it's going to be pretty hard for me to give guidance on it, like, without them seeking it seeking it out about certain subjects if I'm not actively seeing it come out in, in my interactions with them. Um, so I think... I agree, like what Aaron's saying. Like once you do take that ownership, um, but that's also going to take some humility and vulnerability mm-hmm. uh, to be put yourself out there mm-hmm. to the people in your lives that are discipling you, um, and like not just the stuff that makes you look good, but the stuff that makes you look bad too. Mm-hmm. And Kennedy, your
0: point is actually really good because you obviously are newer to the to the leadership part of this. But you guys have been in campus ministry. You've been a part of the church. You've you've been disciples not for a short amount of time. Uh, do you think that since you've been into leadership in leadership, it's now allowed you to be more prone to listen to the advice that you get versus maybe than when when you were not leaders?
2: Yeah. And why? Because, because I understand what it's like <laughs> when people don't listen. Because <laughs> I'm like, man, I. Like, I have basis for this, I've got examples for this, and you're still not going to listen. And then I think about all the times that people have basis and examples that I didn't listen. So, yeah. Yeah. Turntables. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yep. What about you, Aaron? Yes. Um, I think it's made me a lot more prone to listen to my leaders. I, I think back to when I was um, you know, fairly new in my relationship with God, and you know, I would get advice, and at times I would think, man, just give me a break. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying, you know? And, you know, I would feel kind of, you know, attacked at sometimes, kind of like what Kennedy was talking about, um, you know, with that pride. You know, but I really do, I agree with everything Kennedy, Kennedy is saying. And, you know, just thinking about, like, Hebrews uh, thirteen seven and just, I think understanding more now, like, the how our, our leaders are, like, according to God's word, will give account for us. And how... We should make that job easier on them, and not not just saying, "I want you guys, you know, make it easier on me." But <laughs> I'll put you to make it easier. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and I just think of I think of the love that my leaders have had for me and have for me, you know, currently. And I just think about all those times, you know, when my leader was challenging me on something difficult. I think to when I'm challenging one of my guys on something now, and it's it's never easy. It's never like an enjoyable, fun time to challenge somebody on their sin in their life. But it's it's necessary, and it's what God has you know called us to do, and for you guys too. Um, and you know, I just you know now I don't have that understanding. Like it's not that they hate me. It's not that you know they just want to pick on me and pick apart these things that I have wrong in my life. But they love me and they care about my relationship with God. And they want me to grow, um, and they want that you know eternity secure
0: for me. So, absolutely. So we, we're going to ask one more question, and then we're going to transition into a little bit of a and A. Uh, but from your experience, uh, if, if you guys had one thing that you wanted to share uh, today, just around the importance of following and, and being um, humble, and just listening to, to the leadership that God has put in your life. Uh, what would you what would you tell the group today? So,
1: do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, um, take advantage of it. Um, the leaders that I've seen in our church, um, I've just never seen it anywhere else. You know, I, I grew up in a church uh, that was very hypocritical. Um, they had really weak leadership, and you know, people would act a certain way on Sundays and they would leave, and, and then act act completely different and live. Uh, you know, basically, two lives. and you know I just really am so so honored and grateful for the for the time, the love, and the dedication that our leaders uh, put into the church you know um, so really I, I think just take advantage of it, take advantage of it, and see the good that's that's there you know I think about <clears throat> I think about some of the people in our church that have just experienced um, a lot of hard times and And difficulties and and persecution. Um, You know, I think about the tenacity and the passion that they had to get through and the faith that it took to get through that persecution and that hard time. And, you know, I, I think, you know, if we have leaders that are able to do that and able to lead faithfully and live faithful lives, even through you know, some pretty hard persecution, you know, like our campus ministry has seen in the past, you know, then I know we're in a good place that honestly I haven't ever seen anywhere else. Not that it's not out there, but, you know, why not take advantage of it while you have it now and take a hold of, you know, and take that responsibility for your relationship with God while you're young and while, you know, you have that um, that accountability that, you know, that we all have and and hold each other to while we're in, you know, the campus ministry, you know, it's, it might not always, always be that way. So, you know, really take advantage of it now.
2: Yeah, I think I would say just um, altering the perspective that you look at, that you look at it from when people are are coming to you with challenge or with advice or whenever it's time for you to seek, seek that advice yourself, Um, not viewing it as like, oh, they're getting on to me, or, like, they are they just want me to know that I'm doing bad, or, like, you know, things like that, but viewing it more so as, like, they care enough about me, and they think I have the potential to be more than what I am to say these things to me. Um, I think, like, especially me growing up in a church, seeing a lot of people um, in in and out, in and out, there can be almost a tendency in me to be, like, oh, well, I want to keep people happy. Like, I don't want people, like, if I'm too hard on them, they're all going to leave. But, um, and I think... There's been more challenge that's taken place in our group this semester more sh- like straightforward um, being all open honest with each other even between I would say like the people like the individuals in the group themselves not just from Aaron and I but from like each other but there's also the most growth I feel like I've ever seen in a group that I've ever been like been a part of it at all so I think like it's kind of proved to me that that um, the positive effects of being um having the humble the humility but also just being open to the challenge but being willing to challenge people too.
0: Yeah. Well one of the things I, I think about even even from the time I've been a part of the, the crossings or even the, the churches we've had before, I think about the investment of time, I think about the energy, I think about the heartache, I think about the happiness. You know, there's it's a it's a full gamut, honestly. And uh, I think it was Aaron that said it, but, you know, you know, he says, you, you think we like, you know, want to, you know, say hard things. And, and in some cases, I mean, we want to because, you know, Paul talks about why I didn't want to hurt you. My, my intent was not for that, but it was really to help. And, and I'm blessed to be a part of this. And I, I, I hear this testimonial and I, and I know that it's real and I know the benefits of it. And, and so I'm, I'm just grateful that, again, this is this is not even something that's, that has to be special to like a crossings or, uh, I mean, this is really instituted by God. You know, we, we talk about leadership and that's something that God has put on the hearts of those that are serving to do it. And so I would encourage all ministries. And I don't know all the setup and I don't know how the structure and all that works in, in every church here. Uh, but I think God wants us men to lead. God wants us, uh, the, the women to lead. You can lead by example with or without a title. You can still impact people's lives and, and so I'm just, uh, again, I'm blessed to be a part of this, and I want to thank these guys for sharing their experience, and uh, I know that they'll, they'll continue to do awesome things in their ministry. And so at this time, we're going to kind of transition into just kind of a Q&A if you guys have questions around leadership, about following, about different experiences. Uh, maybe you have resistance to some of this, and you want to figure out how you can maybe repent, you know, or how you can actually do better, you know, whatever the situation is, so... Uh, with that, we'll just kind of, kind of go for it. So, anybody have any questions?
2: <laughs> Who's your favorite
1: person in our show? <laughs> <laughs> and top seven favorite youth leaders of all time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping <when> I make
0: <laughs> <laughs> really and- top seven. <laughs> <low. laughs>
2: Okay, go ahead, you
1: go ahead. So you one time burned your future father-in-law, correct? <laughs> I'm getting to a point. Yes.
2: <laughs> with, a,
1: with a spoon or a fork? It was a fork. <laughs> okay. As a leader, how did it?
2: How did that example of you burning one of your leaders encourage you to continue to disciple your people after you've been burned? Yeah. How long did it take?
1: That's a good question. So, yeah. I think, yes, literally, this did happen. But also, like, and forth, I, I think that is like a, something to think about because I think about all the times that I have been a burden on my leaders. Um, and I have caused more difficulty in their life than than blessing. You know, I think back to my Hebrews 13.7. Um, and I think, yeah, now, like it is. It is difficult you know in leadership you know you know when you know we're called to, to lead and help you know lift uh, people up to, in their relationship with God and, and it, it is hard you know when um, when we have uh, when there's you know people who um, <clears throat> maybe aren't grasping what they should be you know in their relationship with God and you know Yeah, or, you know, that being rebellious or, you know, um, being, you know, wrapped up in a sin and that's really like maybe even bringing the group down. Um, You know, I've seen that, you know, throughout the years and I think, I just think it's, you know, it's so grateful that we, it's so awesome that we have, you know, leaders who will push through that, you know, being burned and, you know, we'll, you know, do it out of, out of, out of love. And because, because I think at one, I think probably every day, you know, when we think about it, we burn, you know, our, you know, ultimate leader, you know, Jesus every single day, you know, and he, you know, was able to, you know, still die for us and still give us, you know, that grace. And I
0: think, you know, why, why can't we do that too? So... And I just have to say, I know there's a lesson in for forgiveness because I know Carrie was not very happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> so he kept he kept investing. <laughs> Good.
2: Okay. So as you were being developed into leaders, what did your leadership do to help encourage or like or like get rid of barriers? So that your leadership development, although difficult and necessarily difficult, because that's the way you grow. Mm-hmm. What do they do to help like get rid of barriers and also encourage even when you're like I can't do this, I don't want to do this. <laughs> leadership is not very fun. <laughs> <laughs> but how do they encourage, help create less barriers but still also challenge? Like where was the balance for that? Yeah. <laughs> I think um, one thing that has been helpful for me is pointing to the growth that has already taken place. Like this, this is our, this is already happening. Um, sorry, I'm trying to think of a good way to explain it. Um, like, sorry, I had it in my head. <laughs> um, but pointing to like the the successes and the growth that have that have already happened, like not all, not everything is going to be the bad, and like not everybody, not everybody's going to stick around and do it right, but not everybody's going to peace out either. And just remembering, um, like those people that are really putting in the time, putting in the effort, and like even if that means like that's one person, then like okay, make that one person the person that you're putting pouring every all of those things into, even um. So, like, kind of learning, being taught to feel those things and, like, feel for people, but also not let those things, like, be an end-all, be-all, like, at the end of
1: the day. Yeah, I know you mentioned that, that balance and, like, where that balance is. And I think back to, you know, earlier on um, when we were just getting into leadership. And it was at the time, you know, me and Kennedy were getting a lot more serious in our, our personal relationship, too. Um, and I remember the... The challenge, but also the encouragement that I got from my leaders, and you know specifically, I'm thinking of Carrie. You know, for this example, you know, he would he would point out you know these you know red flags that were in my life and these these you know sin that if left undealt you know was going to really affect not just me and Kennedy's marriage, but you know the people in our small groups, and you know hearing that challenge, you know it wasn't. It wasn't easy, you know, but also I think what really helped was the encouragement that he gave me. Um, you know, he, Harry's very good at dreaming for people, pointing out, you know, their, uh, their strengths um, and just dreaming about what they could do and the potential that they have. And, you know, I think it's, you know, he would use, you know, words like, um, I, I've heard him use words like this before, you know, like when he's challenging, but also encouraging somebody. He's like, well, when you are, it, you know when you are in leadership one day you know you will look back on this you know and i think it's it's so true like not all of us will be called to leadership but i think we all have that potential you know um and i think it just i think it definitely does help when we have leadership um that i you know that we've had that has that good balance so just like yeah getting to you that really hard challenge in the moment like when you really need it but just really following it up with that encouragement and just
0: building building them up I was going to say something I thought was interesting. So I, am not in obviously in campus ministry anymore, but I spent like ten years, uh, honestly, with Karen Hannah. And one of the things that, that always comes to mind is, there. First of all, there was always a foundation of wisdom and a foundation of investment, and and they had wisdom to help navigate me. I was newly married, super, you know, struggling with just insecurity and trying to find who myself, you know, worth and all of that. But one of the things I thought was cool, and as a leadership. There was always this idea of like equipping us with like – not to say that books are the end-all, be-all, but I remember like us constantly be going to, – to be going through like material. Or like I remember like you – know this was even an all – going through like books like Competence Counsel by Jay Adams and just like they were trying to equip us to be wise. And so it wasn't just like, hey, I'm a leader and I know everything. Listen to me. It was like, no, I'm going to help carry along the journey, the, the way of the shepherd. I mean I could name countless books. That they put in front of us, that they were like, "Look, let's let's become wise, and so that we can honestly help be a benefit to other people's lives." And I think that that motivation was there because it created a foundation, and it wasn't just this like idolship of like a person. It was like, "Hey, let's let's be wise and let's grow in, in wisdom." So I just love those. Was-
2: yeah, I also wanted to say I think the the way our our ministry is structured is very very helpful because um, like not only are we leading our, our small group of people, but every week at some point in time in the week, we're getting together with the other people who are leading and we're being discipled ourselves. Um, I know like our girls, we get together every other week and we can't, we're able to, in that moment, seek advice about, this is what's going on in my group. I don't know how to handle it or even just receive encouragement. Just be like, this is really discouraging in my group. Like just what, whatever it is, just like the continued continually being discipled while you're trying to disciple others like having that be filled so that way you're not like go running on empty mm-hmm. um, as people that have grown up in the church and of families that have both been in the church have you ever found yourself um, more worried about like disappointing them versus God.
1: And I'm so how can you fix that. Yeah. Um yeah, so I did I did grow up in in, you know, the church. Um, and I had an interesting you know, home life, my my father is he, My father's not a Christian, but my mother is. And so I do remember there being kind of a, a tear there, you know, and, and trying to honestly please both sides at some point. Um, but I remember, like, growing up, you know, going to Sunday school, you know, always trying to kind of, like, be the best kid in that class, you know, and trying to please, I would try to please my, my Sunday school teachers, you know, and I would try to please, you know, my mom and, and show her that, you know, I was, you know, grasping a hold of, like, my relationship with God, um, <clears throat> and I remember as I started to get older, um, I started falling away, you know, from that, my own relationship with God, you know, out of a lack of my own eagerness and my own seeking of God. And I was, you know, still going to church, you know, because my parents went to church. You know, I was still going to all the extra, you know, activities throughout the week, which there, there was a lot. Um, and I was doing all this and trying to be, you know, the best I could be. But my heart was following, follow, following uh, falling away from God and, and why I was doing it. And it honestly did end up being to please people and a lot of it was to please you know my mom because I knew how hard it would hurt her if I fell away. And you know eventually I really did. And once once I had, I remember how when, when I completely walked away, I thought, you know, I thought that there's no way of coming back, you know, because how can I come back and, and have the potential to hurt her again, you know? And because I knew, like, if I did come back, it wasn't going to be for the right reason. You know, it was going to be to please to please her or you know to please people and I didn't want to do that. I wanted to come back with my whole heart in it. And I just you know I just I wish at the time, you know, growing up, you know, not to not to put, you know, people down or anything, but I wish I had grown up in a church like like we have to to not only get that example from, you know, my my parents, but to get that example of what a relationship with God is and how great a relationship with God is through the people in this church. Because now, like, it's awesome that you know I get to look to so many men in our church and I look up to them and I see, and I see, you know, how to, to be like a godly, a godly father. And you know, I just wish I had taken more responsibility for my relationship with God when I was when I was younger.
2: Yeah, I I agree. I think that personal personal responsibility and your personal relationship with God. I think like finding like identity in that, in in more than just like what your family thinks or what your family says. Because like I could all day try and please my family, and never worry about pleasing God, and like at the end of the day, I could possibly make. Make my family very happy, and then spend eternity separated from them because I didn't make God. I didn't make God happy. God isn't pleased with me. Um, so I think like focusing on what um, the things that are that are just bigger than the presentation of it, how it looks from the outside, um, but really. So I think like that. That ultimately. Ultimately. Would be the most disappointing. The disappointing thing is to not because pleasing anybody's family isn't going to save yourself or anybody anybody else. So I think um, realizing the real weight behind like actions and attitudes and what the decisions that we make.
0: All right. So that is actually unfortunately all the time we have questions for uh, because they have to change the room out and all that. So but feel free. Um Kennedy and Aaron, I'm sure we'll gladly talk to you after I'll talk to you if you have questions, but um let's give them a round of applause to yeah. um, I'm actually gonna have Aaron close us out in a prayer and then you're dismissed. So uh,
1: uh Father God I just want to come before you and just thank you. Um, thank you for this time that we have um, in the church and the people that you've put in my life um, to be able to all meet at this retreat and just talk about, you know, being, uh, being a part of the vine and <clears throat> not being a, a dead branch or a stick that falls off uh, God. But I, I know that it all comes down to our, respon- our responsibility and our relationship with you. And if we... Grab onto that, I know that we can all you know become part of of that vine, and all you know bear bear good fruit, so I just pray that you know for myself and for everyone here that we just own that you know this this weekend and for the remainder of time that we have and that we just go into these lessons with open hearts and, um, and with eagerness to not just learn and you know and and gain knowledge but to apply and just be thinking about. What we're gonna to do to repent of you know the things in our life that are causing us from bearing good fruit, and just start doing that now this weekend and be be open and be vulnerable you know with our uh, small group leaders and with our our brothers and sisters in Christ and just um, God I love you um, none of this would be possible without the sacrifice Your Son made on the cross for us but um, I just want to thank you and I pray all this in Your Son's name Amen. Amen.